Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. Well, it's commonplace for Canadians to delve into American radio, but a little more rare for Americans to come north to Canadian radio. Larry Gifford is a senior program director with Chorus Entertainment and News Talk 980 CKNW and AM 730 Traffic in Vancouver. In addition to being a News Talk radio consultant in his own right with Larry Gifford Media, Larry served for several years as program director of Cairo Radio in Seattle. And before that, he spent time with 710 ESPN and the ESPN Radio Network in Los Angeles. Larry, welcome. So, how did you make the move from the USA to Vancouver? Well, it's interesting. I was at Cairo Radio in Seattle. Uh I was the program director there. And uh, when I was there, Arnie Selsey reached out to me. And and Arnie wanted to send uh, some of the Saskatchewan news talk stations my way to observe what we were doing at Cairo. And so I developed this relationship with Arnie. And uh, over the course of the years, I left Cairo and started a consultancy and he recommended to Brad Phillips that I consult CKNW. So I became the CKNW consultant uh, for several years. Uh, and then ultimately, Brad asked if I would uh, be interested in taking on the job full time. Yeah. So um, obviously, uh, you know, that entails all sorts of, um, uh, you know, uh, pieces that that most people wouldn't think about that they have to contend with with uh with taking a job in a foreign country. Uh, how did you navigate all that? Did you, did you make out okay? Well, we made out all right, but it was a long process, I'll tell you. Uh, and so my family was living in Central Coast of California. So I would, I'd be here for a week, go home for a weekend, come back for two weeks, go back for a week. I mean, it was, it was about eight or nine months of back and forth. Uh, it racked up a lot of frequent flyer miles. I'll right. that. Yeah. Now, the good news is that you're on this side of the fence, uh, now, and, uh, you know, it looks like things might get a little tight uh, in the U.S. for for Canadians uh, what with the new administration and and uh, the clampdown on H-1B visas and so on and so forth. Um, but but you seem I think you'll be in a good position. How are you taking to your new uh, your new country? I love my new country. Uh, you know, we, we're uh, getting along uh, great in Canada. Uh, everybody's been very friendly. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's great. Um, you know, I could use some more sunshine. Uh, having yeah. come from California, yeah. it's really, it's been tremendous. And every, every weekend is a new exploration. And my seven year old son and my wife, we go and we explore different areas all the time. And, uh, we, we really enjoy discovering, uh, new cities. Uh, we've done it our whole career, my whole career, our whole lives together. Uh, and now, uh, we adventure into a new country and it's, it's exciting. Now, let me talk about Seattle for a minute. Um, you know, I'm very familiar with Cairo, um, you know, from the time living there also, uh, have, have been friends with several of the program directors there over the years. Um, and one of my favorite radio stations ever remind me what had it already transitioned to FM when you got there? So it had just transitioned to FM. Uh, Ryan Hatch, uh, took it from the AM to the FM. Uh, and I came on board. Ryan then moved to uh, Arizona, to Phoenix within the company. Uh, and, and I took over uh, Cairo and we, uh, 
brought it back to uh, number one to, to great prominence. Mm-hmm. Now, what was that uh, that shift from AM to FM? What did you learn, uh, and what were you able to realize there in terms of uh, the audience and uh, so on uh, with that shift? Well, you know, it, it's tough because changing people's habits is hard. Yeah. Uh, it takes a long time. In Cairo was institution in in Seattle for for many years on the AM dial. Uh, And so for about six months, we simulcasted the signal uh, and and had constant reminders, hey, we're going to be switching to the FM. Uh, So you have have to message it really well. And then one day we launched a sports station on the AM signal. Mm -hmm. And people were like, what happened? What happened? (laughs) Because as you tell people it's coming, they, they don't believe it. And then suddenly their station's gone. Uh, so there was a, a little dip in, in you know audience because we were doing the simulcast and so there was we were getting a true simulcast uh, rating uh, and then once we went to FM only it, it dipped and so then we had to come back and you know rebuild the audience but as we rebuilt the audience we rebuilt it with um, a slightly younger demo uh, probably ten or fifteen years younger than it had been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and FM talk works. I mean, but it's, you've got to be ready for it. It's got to be dynamic. It's got to be compelling. It's got to be, you know, part of the city. It's got to, uh, it's got to be the heartbeat of the city. You can't just put on a bunch of syndicated talk on the FM because right. it, it feels like AM content. Mm-hmm. So you get guys like Ron and Don who were FM, um, hosts and sports talk host and they've got this real great dynamic and stir things up and dory monson who's this loudmouth sports guy who's He's gone into politics. and the station didn't have a political bent we we intentionally uh set out to not look at things through the lens of politics per se although we would talk about politics uh we wanted to tell stories mm-hmm. so we focused on storytelling and focused on what is seattle and how does this affect seattle instead of what's the right versus the left and, and i think that's the difference you know and that's what we're doing here it's at, at cknw as well it's mm-hmm. not about the politics as much as it's about the storytelling and about the community mm-hmm. uh, what did you see in seattle in terms of the ratings uh the makeup of the audience uh you know when when you were uh talking about um local issues as opposed to political politicized viewpoints yeah, well, interestingly enough, you know, the, the Seattle Seattle and Tacoma are together in one market. Uh, we were in Seattle and, uh, you know, in a really urban area. And then there was um, Tacoma, which was blue collar. So we, we were near like, you know, Amazon and Microsoft and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our worldview was a little different than our what our audience was. So we really... We actually had to drive around in, in, in the States. You can find out where the meters are in which zip codes. Uh-huh. So I would actually drive around to the different zip codes and look in the neighborhoods to figure out what the lifestyle of our audience was. And you know what we saw every day outside of our windows wasn't who was listening. Right. So we had to make a conscious effort to, to reflect their life and the, what's interesting to them versus what we experience on a day-to-day basis going to work Hmm. uh so that was really fascinating it it was more blue collar than than we wanted to believe no when you're when you're looking out over lake union and you're uh you know in the 
in the uber, uh, you know, uh, urbane lifestyle of downtown Seattle, it's hard to imagine what's happening in uh, in Kent or, uh, you know, uh, you know, or Tacoma or Everett or wherever. Yeah. Um, so how did you find the transition then to CKNW? Um, it seems to me like uh, we often say in Canada that, you know, we, we, we find commonalities geographically north to south as opposed to east to west. So we often think of ourselves as having more, at least on the West Coast, more in common with a Seattle or a Portland or, a, or a, you know, San Francisco than we do perhaps a, a Calgary or a Winnipeg or what have you. Um, do you find that to be the case? And, and what, what did you have to do uh, in terms of your culture hat when you arrived here? Yes, I, I do experience that where there is sort of a West Coast bent. So, you know, my wife and I have lived most of our adult life on the West Coast from California up to Seattle and now up to Vancouver. Uh, and, and there is a familiarity there. And there's, you know, the, there's a mindset and it's much uh, more, you know, people are more relaxed or, uh, more accessible. We're on the East coast. Everybody's in a hurry and really busy. Uh, not that people aren't busy here, but there's, it's just a, it's a different pace. Uh, and, uh, people like to go outside and experience life. And so there, there, there's, it's just a different culture. And I think it's a West coast culture versus an East coast or, or Midwest or central or South, uh, culture to transition to Vancouver. Uh, really, it's actually much more multicultural than I'm used to. In the States, it's noticeable when there's different cultures. In, in Vancouver, it's just a way of life. Where in the States, you know, it's a very conscious thing. And that was different for me uh, in a very positive way. And just understanding the passion of the listener. The listeners are much more connected to their uh, radio stations in Canada than they are in the United States. So they are, they, they feel ownership of what we're doing and I hear from them every day. And what, um, what is the feedback that you get from, from those listeners? It varies. It usually goes something like, it's not as good as it used to be. That's, that's a particular, uh, age group too, right? Well, sure. Sure. But you know, you, you could harken back to five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, all, all the different sets. You know, we remember things better than they used to be. Uh-huh. I think, uh, CKW is doing, uh, outstanding work. I'm really proud of, of how we've, uh, really, you know, succeeded over the course of the last couple of years and, and continue to, uh, grow the, the share and the, the audience and, uh, you know, it's re- and it's really been a huge collaboration with this team, and, and we're about something. CKW now has a has a, a pulse and, and a beat and a swagger, and, and has stories to tell. And we're about something every day. Where when I first started consulting CKW, it wasn't as focused. What what I really try to do is focus people on not just relaying information, but telling stories and connecting with the with the audience. And, and we really focus around at any given moment, we're about five stories. Okay. And so, and we collaborate between news and talk on what those five things may be at any given time. And they'll switch throughout the day. Uh, but instead of saying, Hey, we're about anything and everything, CKW is about something at all times. And, and that's been sort of a mindset switch. And it's really been effective in what we're doing. And we're doing a lot of enterprise reporting. So we're not necessarily reacting to the news of the day. We're trying to set the agenda for Vancouver. And, and irrespective of politics, 
So, so you could be, you know, one story one day could be sort of a, a more conservative, uh, you know, story, but another one could be more liberal. Right. And, and every day, all of our talk show hosts get emails, some saying they're too liberal and some saying they're too conservative and some saying they're in the NDP's pocket. So, right. and, and as long as we keep getting responses like that every day from all different sides, I think we're doing our job. How do you uh, feel about CKNW, uh, the place in the market versus, say, CBC? Uh, Radio One. Where, do you see those? How would you position those in your mind? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't pay a lot of attention to what CBC is doing. I, I respect what they do. I, but for for me, I'm in the commercial radio uh, marketplace. So we're trying to attract audience and advertisers on a day to day basis. I'm not paying a lot of attention to what they're doing, right? Because uh, I I want us to focus on what what are we. And what do we need to do today to to be CKNW instead of how do we react to the people and the things around us? So uh, so for, from for my take, I, I think CKNW is poised really well. Uh, John McComb's been number one for the last two books in both adults twenty five fifty four and adults thirty five sixty four. So I'm not just competing against the CBC. I'm competing with every commercial radio station in this marketplace, and we're seeing great success. Tell me about the uh, TV on radio experiment with uh, with the Global News Hour. Uh, on at 6 p.m. How, how, I mean, it's not a new concept. It's been done before many, many times. How have you managed to make it such a, a success? Well, interestingly enough, you know, we were kicked around the idea for a while. And then when the, uh, when the merger, merger happened, when, when, you know, Chorus and Shaw joined forces and Global and CKNW really started to integrate, I said, Let, let's try it. But in order to do it right, we need to talk to the TV news reporters and anchors and let them know they're going to be on radio and, and train them up a little bit about, you know, we can't just throw to a, a clip. We have to, we have to uh, identify the person who's speaking in some way. Or we can't say, just look at this. So you can say, look at this, but then you have to describe to me what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're still going through some of those, those growing pains, but it's getting better and better. And we're seeing, you know, depending on the month, depending on the, the, the book, from adults 25, 54, we're growing that hour share by 100, 200, 400 percent sometimes. I mean, it, it's getting a 12 share at night some days. I mean, think about the resources that go into the Global News Hour at 6 o'clock for TV. I mean, there's a lot of great journalists and they know how to do great production. And what surprised me more than anything and I monitored it before we put it on the air for about three months. It just took notes. And it tra- 75, 80% of it translated every night without any tweaks. And, and it's audio rich. And, and I don't even think TV thinks about the audio as much as radio would. But when it comes out on the air, it's really audio rich. And it's, it, it like jumps off the radio. It's, it's, it's a great experiment. And uh, we're excited about it. Do you often wish that maybe there was an FM stick that you could stick this radio station on? Oh my God, do I ever. I can't. When yeah. I first got here, I didn't understand the, the two and two rule. Talking to Brad Phillips, I'm like, come on, let's just get an FM stick. He goes, uh, not that easy. Not that easy. <laughs> and and not that easy uh, in this particular geographical area, abutting right up against the United States, where the the, the, the slots are just so uh, limited. Um, even if you got one, you might end up with 1,500 watts. Yeah, right. But what we do have is we have the HD2 on, uh, on the 101.1 FM. Uh-huh. Uh, which people are like, yeah, HD radio, whatever. It's actually made a difference. And what we're finding is uh, Dustin Collins, who's the program director of Rock 101, he and I, we, we evaluate our ratings and we, we look at the numbers a lot. And what we're finding, we're sharing a lot of audience now, more than we ever have before. And we have to believe there's some P1 
listeners that are, you know, meter holders that are on HD, that are flipping back and forth more often than they used to go from AM to FM. Mm -hmm. We're seeing the impact of putting our signal wherever we can put it so people can consume it the way they want to. Mm -hmm. So whether that's, you know, through the app or Video Player Canada or through the website or, or through uh, HD or, or over the, the regular radio, wherever we can be, we want to be, uh, and we'll continue to press that. You know, we want to be on Alexa. We want to be, we want to be everywhere. Right. Well, that, that, uh, that brings me to, you know, and it, by the way, it does sound spectacular on radio player Canada app. I mean, it just, it really does. It, it makes me think, you know, when I moved to this city 21 years ago, uh, one, another place that it, it, it traditionally has sounded had sounded amazing was in the concourse of uh, what was then GM Place, which is uh, now Rogers Arena. Uh, in between the uh, periods of the hockey game, they used to pipe CK and W back back when they carried the games, and I always thought, "Wow, this is a station I could listen to." Um, but for the fact that I lived downtown, and AM was always you know an issue. <laughs> Back in the day, but uh, it, I, I do believe, and I am a proponent of the idea that any of our legacy AM radio stations in this country should, um, you know, have have an opportunity to be on FM. Um, you know, and, and there are markets in the country now where there are no more AM stations. And, and I had a, an older listener call me the other day, and she was she was distraught because she's been listening to CKW forever. Uh, and her parents listen to CKW. She's probably 80 or something, and she lives downtown. And she goes, every year it gets worse and worse. I, I can barely hear the, the radio anymore. And I don't know what HD is, and I don't have an app thing. And, you know, you could tell she was not technologically savvy. Um, and she goes, you can't find HD radios anywhere. So I just bought her one, and I sent it to her house. Because, uh, you know, it's important to, to take care of the legacy listeners because, you know, they're – They've been, they, they've helped pave the way for, for, for us being a great radio station. And so, uh, you know, any, anytime I can introduce somebody to a new way to listen to CKW, so it's a better experience, I want to do that. That's awesome. Any other digital, uh, you know, innovations that you see on the, on the horizon? Well, you know, I'm a big proponent of podcasting. I have a podcast, Radio Stuff Podcast. I'll give it a little plug here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, here at the radio station, I'm encouraging producers and board operators and news anchors and reporters, if they have a passion for something, to 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 create a podcast. And so we have some original CKW podcasts now. And that and, and I did that in Seattle too with Cairo Radio, and we we developed a a bench strength for talk for for talk show hosts and for for people that wanted to be on the air and it gave people an opportunity to be more creative. And I just think it's a, it's a great development tool because like when I started in the business, I was the weekend overnight guy on a full service station. Mm -hmm. So I did the weather and the traffic and the news and played songs and took phone calls and you, you do it all. But that shift doesn't exist anymore. No, that's right. We have to give the, the, the young talent that are interested in radio that are in our buildings now an opportunity to grow and to, to, to find their way in our business. Because if we don't give them those opportunities, they're going to go someplace else. They're, they're going to go to Google. They're going to go to Apple. They're going to, they're going to find a, somebody who is interested in what they think. I love it. Well, listen, Larry, I, I really appreciate you spending some time today, uh, letting us know a little bit about, you know, who you are and, and how the experience has been to, to transition from American to Canadian radio and, and also transitioning from, uh, you know, a tr more traditional, uh, you know, broadcast paradigm into the digital world. So, so thanks very much for joining us. 
Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate uh, everybody in Canada who's in radio, who who has the the, the IQ for radio. There, there's a lot of people in the states who are in radio, but there's not a lot of people that can talk at the intelligence level about radio like the people in Canada can. So it's it's a pleasure to work in Canada. Awesome, Larry. Thanks. Larry Gifford is program director with 980 CKNW and AM 730. He joined us from Vancouver. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.